Thank you for downloading this New Zealand Sports Radio show. We have a new way that you can support us. There is a link in the notes down below where you can make a one-off donation to New Zealand Sports Radio. Thank you for support and uh, enjoy the show. Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Good evening, ladies and gentlemen, and thank you for joining us tonight on Episode 3, Season 2 of The Standoff with Brad and Richie here on New Zealand Sport Radio. We're here live every Wednesday on Facebook throughout the season. Uh, it was a good first round, I thought, Richie. You, you glad having footy back? Yeah, hi, Brad. Um, I loved it, mate. I was super pumped to have the footy back and, and enjoyed every game, as as did you, I'm sure. Um, and something i'll share i don't I'm not too sure if anybody knows but on saturday when the warriors were playing it was actually brad's birthday and um what were you brad 22 i think um 20, 20, 22? We'll, we'll say 27 i've been 27 for a while so um <laughs> yeah I, nice I'll, I'll stick with it and the boys put in a great effort and and got brad a nice birthday present so yeah it was loved it mate how about yourself yeah yeah, it was good. As I said, uh, my birthday when the Warriors were playing and um would have been great to have it at Mount Smart like it was originally scheduled. Mm. But um, they're the breaks right now. But, yeah, good to see the Warriors start with a, a strong win, which we'll obviously talk about um, when we review the game. Uh, so while we're um, live here on Wednesdays, evenings at 8 p.m., you can also catch the show via our podcast on iHeartRadio at your convenience. Just remember to um, search for New Zealand Sport Radio. As always, tonight we're going to be covering everything you need to know in the week that was Rugby League, including our top stories of the week. Uh, we'll have a review of the Round 1 matches and go over our picks. Uh, we'll then stop and answer some questions from all of you. And um, before then, and then we'll go into a preview of Round 2, make our picks, and then end the night with some Super League news. So uh, tune in, get your news from us, and remember send comments and questions throughout the show so we can answer some. So let's just jump straight into the top stories of the week, Richie. Um, first sure. one I've got is um, Tohu Harris re-signing with the Warriors until 2024. Um, I think it's a great move by the club to lock him up. Um, I spoke last year on the show that there were rumours that um, when Kearney left, he was looking to go out to and possibly end up at the Bulldogs. That hasn't happened, thankfully, with him most likely ending his career with the club. So uh, what are your thoughts on the signing? Oh, obviously pleased super pleased he kind of expected i kind of expected that he would resign but sometimes with these contract negotiations you never know but 
you know, a lot of people see him as a likely candidate to be Warriors captain going forward once Roger moves on. So I think now that this is this is signed, sealed and delivered, uh, I'd like to see that happen. Yeah, definitely. I think he's a shoo-in for the, the captaincy role now that he's signed on. Um, more Warriors news. We've got um, Carl Lawton requested and was granted a release from the Warriors. He's now joined the Sea Eagles. Um, bit of a surprise. It came just after the, the Warriors win. And um, it was. It sounds like he wanted a bit more security and a longer-term deal, and the Warriors weren't really given that with his injury. So um, they agreed to let him go to the Eagles, who have signed him on a, a multi. I think it's it's a two- or three-year deal. Um, yeah. We've talked a lot about the, the hooker depth that the Warriors have. They're now down to one, um, who um, is a bit injury-prone. So um, what are your thoughts on on this move? Yeah, it was a bit left field, wasn't it? Um, I, I really rate Carl as a player, and I think, um, well, I'm a bit... I'm a bit bummed out that he's going, but I think Manly are a club that really need a hooker, so I think they're covering their bases with the signing. And um, yeah, I think you know, I think once he's fit and over his injuries, he'll benefit the Sea Eagles. Definitely, and I think I think the Warriors obviously have to have something cooking in the background um, to just let him go. Um, they said they reluctantly let him go, but. Um, I'm sure when it comes to the amount of money um, he was going on to the cap, that's probably a little bit of a bumper to help them get a target they're obviously looking at. They've obviously got someone in their sights, otherwise I don't think they would have let him go. You would think so. I'm, I'm wondering what's going on behind the scenes there. When when the, this was announced, you sort of started seeing things pop up on social media about Brandon Smith and him wanting to get out of his Melbourne contract and, you know, normal. There's always a lot of rumours coming coming out, but I see he he came out on his social media and and poured cold water on it. But who knows, you know? Um, some of these things are, are smoke screens, so he would be ideal. But um, yeah, yeah, you would think they'd have someone there. They've got a player or two in their sights that they would wouldn't mind looking at. Yeah, I was having a look, and I, I couldn't see anyone from the first rounds um, that are on the outer that they could pick up. But I I guess you just got to watch and see which hookers aren't getting the the time on the field that they want. And maybe they're the ones that are going to target ones that have that potential that aren't just getting game time. So yeah, um, we'll keep an eye on it and we'll, we'll keep you up to date with everything we find out. Um, next bit of news is Ewan Aitken. Um, he injured his ankle in the Warriors game against the Titans. He had surgery on it this week and looks to be out for eight to ten weeks. Um, I thought he had quite a good um, first game for the Warriors, and I think he's going to be sorely missed, especially on the defensive side of the game. Uh, Adam Pompey has um, been selected this week to replace him, and he's got some big shoes to fill. What are your thoughts? Uh, it's just a shame for you and that his debut ended that way. You know, he, like you pointed out, I thought he was looking solid and he is very good defensive center. So it is a shame, but we've got uh, Pompey slotting in there and he's a good player as well. Towards the back end of last year, he started coming on. So it's a chance for him to stake his claim. Hopefully he goes well. 
Yeah, definitely. There was a lot of fans that were saying he should have got um, a starting winger position over the um, Ken Mamalo and David Fusatua due to how he played last year. So he hasn't had to wait long. He only had to wait one week before he got his shot, and I'm sure he'll take it with both hands. Yeah, I'm sure he will. So the next bit of news we've got is Jake Friend. He's been sidelined indefinitely um, after getting his third head knock in six months. There's been fears that his playing career um, might be over due to his, um, all the concussions he's getting. Um, the Roosters seem to have a habit of head knocks because they've also got Boyd Cordner out for um, quite a while until he comes back from head knocks. Um, Jake Friend, obviously, he's been around a while. Very good player and be a huge loss for the Roosters there. Um, what are your thoughts? Do you think we've seen him play his last game? Potentially. I th- it's sort of head knocks have been under the spotlight a bit in, in rugby union, rugby league over the past couple of years and, and a lot of studies. So, you know, hopefully he's he's okay. Um, he, you know, if he has to make a tough call on his career, I, I think he's done it all and won premiership. So, you know, he's forged a pretty respectable career, but ho- hopefully he's not too bad. But, you know, with these things, you can't be too careful. He might, like like you say, he might need to make a decision to look after his future. But, um, yeah, I-, I think he'll come back. I think, you know, he'll he'll sort of do his rehab and, and come back and, and give it another shot. But wish him all the best. Yeah, definitely. Um, sounds like the Roosters have um, got a lot of people in consulting them on these injuries. And um, I saw Paul popped up on there saying coaching issues at the Roosters. I'm sure it, may, it might just be defensive issues. Maybe their defensive coach has got to teach them where to put their head when they're making tackles. Um, Jake Friend's one obviously came in. Um, it was just a wayward hit from a, a fr- it was friendly fire, basically. Um, he got hit by another Rooster in a tackle and um these things, they unfortunately, they do happen. Um, but yeah, as long as the Roosters are putting his best interests in front of their own, um, I think I think both both sides will benefit from it. So yeah, we that's got some, the main thing. Yeah, yeah. we got some um, more Roosters news. Joseph Sawali's now being granted an exemption to make his NRL debut before he turns eighteen. Um, we did talk about it last week. Judging, we'll, we'll talk about the Roosters game um, in a little bit, but judging by how they're going, I don't see this kid actually making the team um, before he turns 18 anyway. So uh, I'm not too sure. I know him getting the um, the exemption actually means he can compete a bit more in the trainings than what he was before, which is yeah. probably their idea. I don't think they're even envisioning him playing this year. I think they just want to get him into the system and get him a bit more thing. But um, what are your thoughts um, does this open the floodgates for more? Perhaps, perhaps it's setting a precedent. But look, we kind of spoke about it last week, and and sort of thought, you know, there's no need to rush him. Um, am I surprised that the exemption's granted? No, I'm not. I'm not surprised. But that you know, they must have some plans to use it and use them in some capacity, whether it's game game time or or like you say, more involved training, but I'm not surprised. Yeah. We are talking about it here. Um, I Paul's just put up a good point. Should there be a training exemption and then playing exemption? I think that's a good idea. You should be able to get these guys that you've signed, these younger ones, and allow them to come up 
and train with the first graders um, because they're not actually playing um, on game day shouldn't shouldn't stop them from getting the best training they can. Um, but we were talking about it in my house here that um, once he does get his first first game, if he's out there at centres, I'm sure there's a lot of um, first grade centres out there that are ready to make a mark on him, which um, is to be expected when you've got a, a young high-profile talent, but I'm sure the Roosters will be preparing him for that. I'm sure um, the last thing they want is him to come up against um, a Joey Lailua or, or the likes that might send him into next week. So, um, yeah, it'll be interesting to see what they actually do with them. Will be, yeah. Agreed. And yeah, Simon's just put on there, he thinks the Roosters coach will be very busy this year as he's the technical consultant for the French Rugby League team. That's right, yeah, um, Trent Robinson's got a, a busy year this year. Um, obviously, I think winning a premiership's on his the front of his mind, but uh, I'm sure he wants to help um, French Rugby League get a bit more competitive too, especially with the World Cup coming up. Yeah, I, I didn't even know he was a consultant for them, so that's good. He's a <laughs> he's a good coach. Simon's just taught me something there. Thanks, mate. Yeah, you gotta you gotta do your research, Richie. I don't know. Um, next bit of the news: we've got um, Des Hasler's contract's been extended by Man one more year. He actually wanted a three-year deal, but the clubs rejected that due to fears of a large payout if he gets fired um, before that contract expires, a bit like what we saw with the Broncos with Anthony Seabolt. Um, if you've realised the coach isn't um, cutting the mustard and you've got him for a three- or four-year deal, you still have to pay him out. So Manly don't want to get into that situation. Yeah. I think it's a good move for both sides. Des knows he's got another year. Now and he's got a year. He's basically got two years now, this year and next year, to prove himself to get that bigger deal. So um, yeah, I think it's a good move for both. What are your thoughts on such a short-term deal? Yeah, um, look, I I kind of didn't know whether he would be in a little bit of trouble. Manly haven't been performing too well, um, but but um, bit of sound problems. Um, but yeah, look, I think he's got a good reputation within the club, and I think he's well respected there. So, and looking at the coaching landscape, there's not a lot out there to replace him with, in my opinion. So, yeah, I think it's it's probably a, um, a good move to tie him up for Manly. Definitely. And then some more signing news. Francis Molo from the Cowboys has signed a three-year deal to join the Dragons. Um, I think he's a very good player, and I think he'll he'll add some size to the Dragons pack, which um, I think they actually really need. They've um, they've brought in some larger boys for the forwards, like um, Daniel Avaro and the like, but they just need a, a little bit more oomph, I think, because they're, they're kind of filled in the Warriors space in the pack now where their forward pack's quite small compared to everyone else. So I think it's a good signing for them. It is, and yeah, I think maybe a bit of plugging holes, losing Frizzell. So yeah, it, it is a good signing, um, good depth signing for them. Yeah, but um, next up we've got the NRL is going to start making up um, lost seconds with some timekeeping changes. Um, with the new rules, um, when everyone scores a try, the bunker is going to check it as the the team's setting up for a conversion. We saw it during the week with um, a few of the games where a few tries got rejected after being given. 
and um, there, there was a bit of talk about the seconds that it takes, the clock still winding down, and when you get to one of those nitty-gritty teams where you kind of need every every second to try to get a comeback, um, they're complaining about that, but the NRL said, no, what they're going to do is any time that is um, taken away while they're checking, it's going to be put back on, which I think that's how it should have always been, or as soon as the try scored, they should just stop the clock um, until the conversion's done. Um, I know they're trying to prevent time wasting by the 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 guy making the kick. Um, there's not too many Brent Webbs left in there anymore that take two minutes to kick. So yep. um, I don't think it'll be that big a concern, but it's good to see it's, again, us talking about them just changing stuff that doesn't work straight away. So it's good to see them do that, and um, I think it will benefit some sides not proactive, right? I mean, yeah. We like you say, we've talked about it, and if they see something that they think is going to benefit their product, they change it. So, yeah, that's cool. And then next on the news, it's a, it was a bit upsetting when I heard this. Um, it was at halftime during the Warriors Titans game. Um, the NRL boss Andrew Abdo um, was asked the question about the Warriors playing. Um, all their games in New Zealand next year. We talked about it last week and about what a great idea it was. He actually laughed it off and said that um, while it's a wonderful idea, he just doesn't think it's something NRL can do. Phil Gould talked about it um, during the week on one of the um, Fox shows, saying that he disagrees and thinks that it's only fair that the NRL get this done. He pointed out, pointed out how important New Zealand is to the NRL and um, the fact that it's a market that has had no football for two years by the time next year comes around, um, they really need to be proactive and target this this audience that they've got over on this side of the Tasman. What are your thoughts on it? Well, I'm biased, so I'm going to want our team playing in NZ, absolutely. But the world is a funny place right now, and, and there's going to be some logistical issues, obviously. Not saying they couldn't work it out. Hopefully... Um, Phil Gould can um, use some of his sway and, you know, he seems pretty pretty on board with the idea and it would be a lovely thank you. I mean, yeah, that's a long time without any home home advantage. Yeah, and um, Paul, Paul put it there. He really wasn't reading the room when he laughed about it. Yeah, I think that's what annoyed me most was he kind of laughed at it. And um, I think... It's the wrong move, especially when he's been spending the last year and a half praising everything the Warriors have sacrificed. And then the moment they kind of put an idea out there, the fact we talked about it last week, they're not asking for it for free. They're willing to pay uh, $250,000 a game. Um, so it's a huge, a lot of money um, from a team that's basically making no money for two years because they're not getting a lot of revenue from Mount Smart. So um, it's not like they're just asking for a handout saying, give us all the games at home. So there's got to be a middle ground. Like you said, I'm sure Gould's going to have some influence in there. He's got high contacts at a lot of clubs. As we said last week, a lot of clubs were already interested in helping. So um, it'll be interesting to see what would happen if a club is willing and the NRL step in and tell them they can't. Um, I think that would be quite a divisive stance by the NRL with a fan base. There's a lot of Australian um, NRL fans that love what the Warriors are doing and want and have been championing them getting um, a bit more time in New Zealand next year. So it'll be interesting as it develops. I, 
as you say, we haven't some um, I mean, Australian teams have had home games in, Austra- in New Zealand before, haven't they? They have, yeah. Yeah. So it's like, we're, we're going to host our home game in New Zealand. It just happens to be against the Warriors um, <laughs> down, down in Wellington um, because obviously Richie wants to watch it and it's all about Richie. <laughs> yes, absolutely. And it used to happen. It used to happen. I think the Bulldogs used to take a game to Wellington every year, didn't they, Brad? Uh, once every year, yeah. 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 Not that they, we had, they a very... had like a three. Yeah. They had like a three or four year deal with um, the Caketon, as it was called back then, um, where they would bring their home games there for like three or four years on the trot. So yeah, um, I don't think we did too well on that stretch, did we? I don't. No. Yeah, no, I think we but, got we got one. I think, I think, I think the other clubs wouldn't be against the idea. You know, I don't think they would be the, I don't think they would be the one standing in the way of it. Yeah, yeah, but um, yeah, we'll we'll have to um, keep an eye on as it develops. I'm sure we'll by the time um, we get like halfway through the season, when the Warriors were looking at coming home originally, I'm sure they'll have some plans for next year that they'll let everyone know about. Uh, Some more Warriors news. We've got Nathan Brown's remaining tight lip right now about what the Warriors will do on Friday night if Wade Egan and Bailey Serenin are not cleared um, to play. Obviously, they had um, some HIAs that they failed in the game against the Titans, and the NRL's rule is that if you fail an um, HIA, you have to stand out for 11 days unless you've been um, given the permission to play by a neurologist. The Warriors playing on Friday. They've got a shorter time. Um, as of now, I checked just before we went live on air to see if there was any further update, but we are still waiting on what the neurologists say. So um, if it was me, I think Jazz Tavanga would come into hooker and Ben Murdoch-Masilla would go into the second row. Uh, what are your thoughts? Do you have any ideas on who you would bring in? Yeah, I think as a stopgap, Tavanga at, at hooker, if, if need. If, if you know, were to go that way, uh, instead of Murdoch Masilla, I think I, I quite like Jack Murchie. I'd, I'd probably go like for like replacement with Serenin, throw Murchie in there and keep Murdoch Masilla off the bench. Personally, I, I think when Murdoch Masilla came on on the weekend, he made some good impact, but that's the way I'd go. Yeah, I'm biased because I, I love being Murdoch Masilla a bit, so I want to see him play as much as I can. Um, So that's all we really have for the news. So let's just get into the round one review. Um, First game was on Thursday. was the Storm defeating the Rabbits 26 to 18. Um, A game you told me quite profusely that the Storm were going to win and I was um, adamant the Rabbitohs would do it. Um, Must say in the first half hour when the um, Storm rushed out to a 22 point lead, I was very worried and Got a few messages from you telling me what a mistake I had made picking the Rabbitohs. Uh, for me, I think Ryan Pappenhausen was the standout. Um, he got two tries, ran for 174 metres, and he got five from six um, goals with the boots. Um, definitely one of the best NRL players right now. What would be your thoughts on the game? Yeah, it's, it's kind of like death taxes and Melbourne winning round one certainties mm. aren't they yeah. um yeah but they were clinical right off the bat um i think pappenhausen was amazing and I, prior to the season kicking off i had him at, as my prediction for Dally M. I didn't see any evidence 
that you know he he will be struggling. I think I think he's he'll be right up there this year. Um, South's made a lot of mistakes. I think to give themselves a realistic chance of winning, and I know it was round one. They looked more like the team that were playing a round one game than Melbourne. Melbourne looked like they yeah. just flowed on from last year, um, and people like uh, Josh Mansour Mansour was making simple drop balls and. It, they just couldn't get any flow on, you know? So it was really cool to see Benji come on and, and have a hand in a couple of tries. And, and even though he's, uh, you know, he's sort of getting on a bit in age, he, he's still got he's still got the footy, footy brain up there and he can still come on and make a difference. And Latrell looked really good. So, so they, it yeah. wasn't all bad for Souths. I think had they cleaned up their hands a bit, they, they would have had a better shot. Definitely. Um, I talked about it quite a lot last year that the Rabbitohs have one of the best teams on paper, but they have no respect for the ball. And um, yeah, it's just more again, they made 16 errors in that game, which um, you make 16 errors against one of the, the lower teams in the NRL and you're going to have trouble, let alone the, the reigning premiers. Um, was put to Benji make a tackle. I'm not <laughs> sure. Does. I. I um I, he may have, he may have made a couple. I think when he came on um, playing that utility role, I think he kind of solidified that Rapidos a bit more. They looked a bit more in sync, and I think he's going to play an integral part in their their campaign. They just have to hold on to the ball. They've got, uh, as you said, Latrell looked dangerous. They've got some of the best players in the NRL. They just have to give them the ball, and um, they will cause trouble. Um, it's always hard in the first round to really predict a team. And if you're the, in the first round playing Melbourne, you can't really write a team off if they don't do well um, against Melbourne. And it wasn't um, it wasn't a whitewash like some of the games we saw in the first round. It was still really close and competitive despite all those errors. So um, I think the Rabbitohs will be disappointed, but I think they'll take a lot from that game as well and improve as they go into the second week. And then um, the first game on Friday, we had the Knights defeating the Bulldogs, 32-16. to 16. Um, Daniel Safiti, um, fresh fresh um, after the appointment of being a captain. Um, he said it was his 100th match, and he scored two tries. He was, um, for me, he was one of the top forwards in the, um, the first round. I think there was a, a handful that could really put their hands up, but he was just unstoppable almost, um, causing the Bulldogs constant... Um, threats on the line uh they also had a few injuries kurt mann got injured he's probably going to be out for about a month um it didn't really help them but they were relentless on defense and um they made scoring opportunities for themselves with hard running from the pack um a bit like a team we're going to talk about in a bit um i think Jaden braley um in his first game back from injury at hooker he was quick out of the ruck area and um, with these new rules, it just shows if you quick out of the ruck area and keep that momentum, it's very hard to stop it. Um, what were your thoughts on the game? Yeah, look, I, I took away from the game that the Dogs still look like a team that lack a bit of direction. They've brought in Kyle Flanagan, um, but their spine looks like it's missing a couple of pieces of the puzzle, you know. They've got some big, big bruising forwards, but off the back of it, they, they don't look like uh, threatening the line too much or, or, or scoring a lot. They're all, all look, looking like they have a lot of points in them. Um, the Knights, even without Ponga, for me, looked like they were lacking a bit of 
killer instinct out wide, but their forwards were pretty huge. You mentioned uh, Daniel Safidi. He had a great game, running awesome lines off the halves, and he had a really good one-two punch with Clemmer, who put in a big shift, and, and I think they just rumbled their way um, to the win, really. Yeah, it's kind of old-school football, just um, make the forwards do all the work and um, let the pretty boys out the backs just do something every now and then, um, which worked here. Will it work against, say, a Rabbitohs or a Melbourne Storm? I'm not too sure. Um, I think they're still counting down the days till they get Ponga back, and then I think we'll see a bit more out of them on the attack. For the Bulldogs, it's basically the same um, Bulldogs I talked about quite, quite a lot last year where um, – they're so close yet so far. Um, I still don't think they're going to make the eight. I think 2022 is probably going to be um, a year we're going to see a lot from them. They've got um, Matt Burton will be coming in to join Flanagan and the halves. Josh Adokar coming into the back line. So I think it's kind of just a holding pattern right now. Let Flanagan get some games under his belt, um, feel comfortable being a, a leader, and then they'll, they'll come back um, bigger for next year. Um, sounds horrible to write a team off after round one, but I don't think the Bulldogs were in anyone's top eight um, before round one anyway. No, and I think um, I think those couple guys you mentioned, there, Ado Carr and whatnot, they they may be the missing piece of the puzzle in the in the spine there that I was mentioning that that gets them um, from being competitive team to threatening the top eight, but not this year, I don't think. Yeah, definitely. And then the, the last game on Friday was the Eels defeating the Broncos 24 to 16. Uh, the game basically went as we predicted last week. Broncos played strong in the first half, leading 16-0 and then fell away, conceding 24 points in the second half. Injuries did them no favours, um, if I want to put a little asterisk on it. Um, they lost Xavier Coates and John Asiata. Um, they actually both got taken to hospital. Um, during the game, um, Coates landed on his head after scoring a try, and um, SC um, collided with an Eels player and hurt his neck. Um, scary stuff for both of those players, but they've both been um, ruled okay and are okay to play this week. Um, yeah, Mil- Anthony Milford, I think, he um, played a lot better. You had him as one of your players to watch. I think it was one of his better games in a while. Still a long way to go, but um, I think he's showing glimpses that he could get back to where he used to be. Um, Broncos just, I think they could have taken this match. I think they could have got this win, but they just lack that confidence after such a, a woeful year last year. I think they've got a lot of um, soul-searching still to do. And um, the Eels, um, I think the Eels were expected to win this match. I don't think anyone would have had it as close as it was, and I think at halftime there were probably a few worried Eels fans. Um, Isaiah Papali'i from the Warriors, it was his first game for the Eels, and I think he was um, he was just a menace. I've, I've never seen him play that well before. He, um, he ran for 180 metres and was the star of the show. Um, great to see him playing well. I think, um, as they say, a change is as good as a holiday, and I think he really needed to get out of the Warriors and just go somewhere else for a, a change of pace, and it seems to do him wonders. I wish I'd seen him play that well before. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, I mean, for me, this one was pretty predictable, wasn't it? It was right out yeah. of the Broncos' 2020 playbook. Um, Milford 
and the Broncos did come out well in the first half and, and Milford laid on a couple nice tries and nice, nice kick for a try. Uh, there was nice signs for them. Um, but once they came out after the, after the break and the Eels scored first, you sort of just worried that, or you worried where the Broncos um, heads would be at. And it, and they just, they tried hanging on for as long as they could, but the Eels just clawed their way back and clawed their way back until they just eventually overran them. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, yeah, uh, a tough game for Broncos fans. And um, I'm sure they'll be expecting a tighter contest next year. Oh, ne- not next year, next week. Um, so we'll go on to our, our first game on Saturday. It was uh, the Warriors defeating the Titans 19-6. to uh, After all the talk, um, for me, I was a bit disappointed in what the Titans offered. I thought they didn't live up to the expectations that everyone myself included, was um, talking about. Um, I expected the big Ford pack to um, run rampant on everyone, and um, they were just bullied. If I can be blunt, the the Warriors Ford pack just bullied them. Um, didn't do anything too fancy, um, but like the Knights, it was just um, a gritty, tough performance by the pack, and um, they just wore out the Titans. So, um Adam Fenua Blake, led by example. Um, I've called him the marquee Warriors signing, and I think he um, delivered. He was ran for over two hundred meters. He was offloading. He was just a constant threat. What were your thoughts on this match? Um, yeah, so the Titans looked like they are just short of combos, and they've got some new guys coming in. Might take them a little while to build build some combos and and get some confidence. We had some new guys too, but I think our new our new signings stood up a bit more. And like you mentioned with Fenua Blake, he was outstanding. And uh, once once we once the Warriors signed him, you kind of hoped that that's what he would that that's what he would bring to the table, and and he delivered, and then some. So he he looked a constant threat, um, carrying people, getting lots of post contact meters, getting offloads. Murdoch Masilla off the bench. Running hard, uh, the big boys w- got me super excited. We didn't look as clinical as as we could, and probably to be expected uh, in the first game. You know, short kicking game was a was a bit off from time to time, but it's a nice base for us to build off. And I think if our forwards keep laying a platform like that, it'll it'll serve us quite well going forward. Definitely, um, Paul's put in the chat. There's a lot of people talking about the Titans being a team on the rise, so a good win for the Warriors, surely, hundred um, percent. I, I watch, I watch the the week or the the nightly NRL shows that they had now, and um, a lot of people have kind of um, changed their perception on how the Warriors will go. They a lot of them wrote them off, but after that game, they they said they liked what they saw, and I'm the same. I think there there's a lot of work to do um, before you could have the Warriors and say, I think they're going to beat a Roosters, a Storm um, of that like. But I think they're on that. I think they could potentially be on that next run down. So um, your your fifth to eighth spot is where I see the Warriors being comfortable this year. Um, so, yeah, good, um, a good first start. And hopefully we'll see some more, um, some, um, more performances like that in the next couple of weeks. There's some hard games they've got coming up, um, so they they need to be at their A game for sure. 
And then our um, our next game on Saturday was the Roosters versus Seagulls. I don't know if there's much to really say about this. The Roosters won 46-4. to um, Manly, as we said, without Tommy Turbo, um, they um, they don't really offer much, and it showed here. Um, they got their try, I think, around the 10-minute mark. So they basically had 70 minutes where they didn't offer anything, and um, it was a training run for, for the Roosters. Um, Brent Morris, we talked about him last week. He was interested in playing beyond this year. And um, you said you think he's still got what it takes, and I think he showed it in this match. He got yeah, a hat trick. Yeah, big time. Um, James Tedesco was James Tedesco. He got a hat trick as well. And um, yeah, what do you think um, about this training run we got to watch? It's a good training run. The Roosters <laughs> were just doing what the Roosters do, um, and Manly didn't offer much in the way of resistance. Uh, especially without Tommy Turbo, I don't. At the moment, they don't look much top, chop to me. You know, I think, I think by the time he's fit and back playing, they might already be in a bit of a hole this year. Um, I don't, I don't see them stacking up too well against a lot of teams. Um, but the Roosters cashed in. You know, um, yeah. Tedesco, uh, superb. Morris, superb. Um, they didn't. They didn't even look like they were. They were in top gear, and then they still put that score line on. So, yeah, yeah, I think that's um, a scary thing. Yeah, it is. So it bodes well for Roosters, not so well for Manly. What else do you say? Yeah. So, um, yeah, as you said, not much else to say. So we'll go on to the next game, which was the Panthers defeating the Cowboys twenty-four nil. First shutout of the year. Um, Panthers' defense was strong once again. They they held off the Cowboys um, whenever the Cowboys got close. Not that they got close often. Um, I think the the Panthers they struggled a little bit in the early stages. They seemed to be lacking some cohesion, um, unlike what we saw with the Storm, where they just came straight out of the gates like they did last year. Uh, but once they found their rhythm, it was a foregone conclusion that they were going to win this game. Um, I think the biggest thing the Panthers showed last year and are continuing to show this year is their ability to pile on pressure. They just pressure you, and once that pressure's on, it's hard to come out of it. You you start making mistakes you normally wouldn't do, and that's what we saw here. Um, Cowboys showed some good defense early on, but they just couldn't keep up with the Panthers, and they fell away. Your thoughts? Yeah. Like like you were sort of saying, the they both looked a bit sh- a bit shorter form to, to start off, but, you know, that's to be expected in round one. I didn't see this one being very competitive beforehand, and, and so it proved. Once once the Panthers clicked, they, you know, there was sort of no stopping them from winning that game, and they've got a great defence, um, which obviously shut the Cowboys out, but a lot of their wins last year was based off strong defence and 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 good work from their halves, and it was just the same blueprint. Yeah, and definitely. There was quite a bit of talk after the game about Todd Payton's use of um, Jason Tomalolo. Um, he had reduced minutes. He only played 51 minutes in this game, and his impact on the game was less than we expect from Tomalolo. Uh, at the press conference afterwards, he stood by his decision and called Tomalolo out for taking um, shortcuts on defence. A big call in the early stages of Peyton's Cowboys coaching career. Um, but this honesty that he has is what won Warriors fans over last year. And I think it will win Cowboys fans over too. 
I know a few people, Mark Geyer came out and said that um, if he's going to take this approach, he probably won't be a Cowboys coach for long. But um, I think I think you should be praised for your honesty. Um, I assume what he said about Tomalolo, he talked about with him beforehand. Um, Peyton's kind of that type of guy. He'll say, I'm going to say this about you. This is what I think. And um, we saw it. He was harsh on Warriors players last year. And you saw them respond by playing better. So um, I think it only does good things for the Cowboys. I've got a lot of time for Peyton. And, um, yeah, I think Tom has got to adjust to the, the way that Peyton wants to use him and actually make the most of his limited time. You should, in theory, if you're playing less minutes, you should have more of an impact um, rather than having to be out there and go through everything for 80 minutes. You've got 50, 40, 50 minutes to go out there and give 100%. So... Yeah, I mean, that's that's Todd Payton. He's he's the direct coach, and this will be a departure for Tamalolo from what from what he's used to. In, in recent history, he's used to a lot of what the Cowboys do centering around him and him getting big minutes and a lot of touches, and he puts up big meters. Um, this might be just Payton drawing the line in the sand and and saying, you know, you, even though you're our best player. These are our standards, and and if we want to threaten the top eight, we all need to be uh, above that line. So, yeah, hundred yeah, percent. He'll need to respond. So, he'll need to respond because Peyton went back down. Yeah. So our, our first game on Sunday was the Raiders defeating the Tigers thirty to twelve. Um, kind of another predictable game here. Um, Ryan James made his return after six hundred and seventy eight days away from the game with two ACL tears. He played well, I thought, for the Raiders, and he scored a try. Um, I think it's almost like the Rabbitohs. The Tigers just made too many errors. Um, they did play with some aggression, which I like to see. Um, almost came close to scoring an upset, but uh, the Raiders at the end, Jordan Rapana got a, a double just to put the game out of um, contention. Um, despite the loss, I think the Tigers um, will walk away with some confidence. Um, they went toe-to-toe -to -toe with a title contender for as long as they did. Um, they could definitely score some upsets as the year goes on. With the Raiders, I think it's just the Raiders doing what they did last year, just going out and winning. You're right. They just they, they go out and win, especially at home, even if they're not sort of in, in vintage form. They, they find a way, um, and I think they both – both teams look to be carrying a bit of early season rust, but you know, once once the game got on, Canberra started looking a bit too strong at home, and they are very good at home. It's nice seeing um, Nickel Clocks there blazing down the touchline too. He's a nice way for him to open his campaign and and Rapana. So, a few Kiwi boys there doing doing well. Definitely. And then we're into the last game of the round: the Sharks defeating the Dragons thirty-two eighteen. Horrible weather um, for the final game of the round, and um, the result went as expected. We we both picked the Sharks to win here. I was just surprised by how close the Dragons got. Um, it's the first time the Sharks have won in round one since 2013, and they um, they actually rushed out to a 12-0 lead. Jesse Ramian got Simbin, which I think um, took a lot of sting out of the Sharks, allowed the Dragons to come back, um, but they made 15 errors in this game and that let them down um matt dufty showed um he i thought he had a, a good game on the attacking side on the defensive side he was haunted by kicks he just dropped every kick that came at him basically 
Um, he needs to work on that. I don't know if he needs some Manu Vatavai sessions at the end of every training like Manu did, where they just kicked the ball at him for hours on end so he learned how to catch it. Because uh, if he doesn't work on it, every team's going to kick it at, down his throat, um, knowing that they could potentially get a nice set right on the try line. Uh, for the Sharks, I think Chad Townsend led the Sharks well um, with some pinpoint pit kicks. He, he combined well with Matt Moylan, who had another good game. Um, and I think if the Sharks can perform like this week in, week out, they might remain a top eight team, um, as opposed to my thoughts of them not making the eight. Um, Dragons showed some fight, but they're still my pick for Wooden Spoon. Yeah, me too. And look, the game might not have been as competitive had that Sinbin not happened, but you know, it wasn't well, for me, it wasn't the greatest game to watch. There were some moments. Dufty's try was amazing, and and you're talking about him having some troubles with the high ball. He's kind of that player, isn't he? He's a he's double-edged sword. He can hurt you but then he can hurt his own team. And seeing his name float, floating around as a Roger Tuivasa-Shek replacement, you, there was sort of um, two camps. It was split to two camps, people saying he's a great support player and try scorer, and then people saying he can't tackle and, and not good under the high ball. And yeah, that, that game was the evidence of it, really. But, yeah, it was a competitive game, but in the end, the Sharks are a bit too strong, as we expected. Definitely. So that's our, our picks for the round um, or the review. Paul, if you can bring up the, the ladder for us, we'll have a quick look at that. In terms of the picks, um, Richie won this one. Seven out of eight he got, where I only got six. Um, we both got the Bulldogs game wrong, and I got the Rabbitohs losing to the Storm wrong. So Richie's in the lead. Um, as you see there, the Roosters are at the top of the table after their um, big win against Manly. Then we've got the Panthers, Raiders, Knights to finish out the top four, then the Sharks, the Warriors, the Eels, and the Storm to finish the top eight. Uh, Rabbitohs are just on the verge there. Uh, Broncos at 10th, Titans 11th, Dragons 12th, Bulldogs, Tigers, Cowboys, and Seagulls finish it out at the bottom four. Uh, to be honest, it's pretty close to what I would think. Um, obviously, I would have had the, uh, the Rabbitohs in there because I thought they'd win. But yeah, basically, um, I think... The Roosters, Panthers, Raiders, and um, Storm are probably going to be my top four as they go through. Sounds pretty close to me. Cool. So there's our, our ladder. And um, now let's go into some questions. Paul, do we have any questions? Uh, no, not really. Uh, we've had a few comments along the way. Um, talking about the calmness of the of the Warriors and perhaps a bit early to judge the Titans, for example. Um but uh, no, a bit, uh, no, well, plen ch chat, lots of chat, uh, plenty of chat in the chat, but no, uh, no specific questions for you boys. All right, cool. Um, you got any questions before we move on, Rich? Yeah, Brad, I've got a question for you. So after the weekend, we saw, we saw the Knights come out with their big pack and do what they did, um, smash through the middle of the Bulldogs. We saw the Warriors do the same thing to the Titans, and the Warriors and the Knights come head to head this weekend. Who do you see getting the upper hand in that forward battle? I am biased, but I'm going with the Warriors. I think 
Um, the Knights have a great forward pack, but I think the Warriors' forward pack is great in the starting lineup, and then they've got some great players to come in off the bench. I think when we saw Adam Finnell Blake go off, I was worried there might be a drop in the performance, but there wasn't. It stayed constant. So um, those bench players, I think, are what's going to get the, the Warriors over the line there. Yeah, nice. Cool. And uh, we'll, we may as well go straight into our um, preview of next hour uh, this week's games and our picks we'll do them at the same time so thursday night we've got the eels versus the storm uh i'm picking the storm here yeah me too it's a blockbuster one to start the round um both teams have heaps of strike weapons i think the storm looked to be playing after watching the first round the storm looked to be playing uh, slightly higher level so that's going to tip me in their favor despite them being on the road i think the storm get up Cool. And then Friday, we've got the Warriors playing the Knights. Um, it's a flip a coin match, but I'm going with the Warriors. As I just explained about the forward pack, I think that's going to be the difference. I've gone Warriors too. I think it's a tight game, tough one to call. Yeah. Um, it could come down to ball control and who takes more of their chances. So I'm going to give the Warriors a nod based on no Kalen Ponga. And then the next game on Friday is the Titans playing the Broncos. Um, I've gone with the Titans here. I was tempted to go with the Broncos. I think they might be able to score an upset here, but I think the Titans will um, be itching to prove themselves after their um, disappointing performance against the Warriors. Yeah, uh, this derby is always fun. You know, it always brings out the best in both teams. I see it being competitive. Um but I think it might be just some magic from AJ Brimson or somebody like that that sways it in the Titans' favour. So I'm tipping Titans. Yeah. And uh, the first game on Saturday is Bulldogs-Panthers. Don't think we really need to talk about this one. I think Panthers have got it. Yeah, I, I took Panthers. It's just hard to see any other result. They look better man for man on paper. Yeah, got another game like that on Saturday with the Seagulls playing the Rabbitohs. I think um, Rabbitohs will... Um, We'll get this one. I don't think the Seagulls have what it takes right now. Yeah, I see a big one there for me, for the Rabbitohs. Yeah. Then the the last game on Saturday is the Cowboys versus the Dragons. I've gone with the Cowboys here. Um, I still don't think the Dragons are good enough right now. The Cowboys, I think we'll see a, a Tom Malolo come out and probably play the best game of his life after getting a, a bit of a rack up. So, yeah, Cowboys for me. Yeah, I think the fact that they... They put up a donut over the weekend. They'll want to respond, and being at home, I think they'll respond. It'll be tight. I think it's a close game to call, but I, I see Cowboys edging it. And I also see that Brad's been peeking at my score sheet, my tip sheet. <laughs> um, and the first game on Sunday is the Roosters versus the Tigers. Um, I've got Roosters here. I think um, the Roosters are just too good right now, and uh, the Tigers, I think, have still got too many errors and them yeah i mean i think i think the game will be competitive but tigers just slightly outmatched the roosters squad looks looks pretty deadly and i think they'll, they'll have enough in them to get the job done definitely the last game of the round is the sharks versus the raiders uh, i'm gonna pick the raiders here um the sharks show me some promise but i think the raiders have just got too many good players in them and the sharks um yeah, I just don't think they've got it yet. Yeah, I mean, this one could be tight. Sharks at home. I think the Raiders have enough in them to get it done. And despite 
um, Townsend and Moylan striking up a nice partnership. The Sharks are a bit better side when Johnson's there and playing well, so I'm giving that one to the Raiders. Yeah, so that means our picks are identical, um, which means you'll be ahead at the um, in our show next week. You'll still be ahead by one. Um, but so we've both got the Storm, Warriors, Titans, Panthers, Rabbitohs, Cowboys, Roosters, and Raiders. So um, go put a multi on that. I'm sure they're all going to be right. Yep. Uh, go 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 put the house on it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, so um, that's it for the the round preview. Um, I'll just go over some Super League news before we leave you. Um, they had a few preseason matches over the weekend. Um, Catalan Dragons defeated Toulouse Olympic 40-28. Lee Centurions defeated St. Helens 25-24. Uh, Wakefield Trinity defeated the, the Dewsbury Rams 30-10. Huddersfield Giants defeated Leeds Rhinos 22-16. Castleford Tigers um, defeated Hull KR 30-20. And Salford defeated Wigan 20-6. Uh, Still preseason games, so you can't take too much from them. A bit of a surprise to see St. Helens and Wigan um, lose. Um, tomorrow, we've actually got Warrington Wolves play the Lee Centurions, so um, that should be a good game. I, I'm pretty sure Greg Inglis is probably going to get a couple of minutes in there, um, which a lot of people will be excited to see. Um, but, yeah, we'll get to start talking about some Super League once their season actually starts. Mm. So... Um, so just just before we go, just a quick one, um, folks, do do bet responsibly. No houses, please. But uh, <laughs> <laughs> only double years. I said that was a joke. <laughs> um, so, ladies and gentlemen, thank you for tuning in and joining us tonight on the standoff with Brad and Richie for your weekly update on rugby league. Tune into our show next week at eight pm here on Facebook or at your convenience on iHeartRadio. Just remember to search for New Zealand Sport Radio. Thanks again for joining me, Richie, and um, good night, everyone. Cheers, guys. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. A lot can happen in the next three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans are available for these changing times. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer budget-friendly, flexible coverage for people who are in between jobs or missed open enrollment. The plans last nearly three years in some states, with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. So for whatever tomorrow brings, United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans may be for you. Learn more at UH1.com.